0: to the Monday, April 1st edition of Snoozecast, where we take an in-depth look at the biggest stories while bringing new perspectives from the
1: reporters who wrote them. I'm campus editor Mila Murray. And I'm academics reporter Claire Moore. This week, we'll be taking a look at the 55th session of ASMSU coming to a close and get insight into ASMSU's upcoming student representative elections. We'll also explore the background behind the paper's centerpiece last week, which was an extensive look back at the 1999 riots that occurred on campus just after MSU lost to Duke in the NCAA Tournament's Final Four. Lastly, we'll hear about how the East Lansing City Council approved three licenses for medical marijuana dispensaries, a four-hour meeting MSU Acting President Satish Udpa attended.
0: From Michigan State's Independent Student Voice, this is Snoozecast.
1: The 55th session of ASMSU is coming to a close, and elections for college representatives are coming up this week. Mila, as campus editor and a previous ASMSU reporter, can you tell us about these elections and who is running? So the ASMSU
0: elections taking place this week from April 1st to April 8th are for the General Assembly, which is made up of undergraduate student representatives from every college at MSU. Representatives in the General Assembly vote on and draft bills that bring attention to issues around campus, allocate money for services for students, and organize events and initiatives. Multiple students from 10 different colleges are running, many of which are running for re-election. A few colleges are without candidates as well. Voting takes place on asmsu.msu.edu and you can find candidate bios on there as well.
1: And what's voter turnout been like in
0: the past? A bill allocating 5,000 from the general fund to upgrade the student election system that was passed in the last General Assembly meeting stated that roughly only 3.8% of the undergraduate student population voted in the last election. So currently ASMSU wants to improve that, and with this bill, for example, they want to improve the election system, understand voting trends more, and make voting more accessible and increase student participation and interest. What else is in the future for ASMSU? So applications for students interested in being on the ASMSU Office of the President are now open. The 56th Sessions General Assembly, which will be determined after this week's election, will vote on April 17th and 18th. Every seat on the Office of the President is open, even the President's position is up for grabs.
1: Candidate bios and the voting process are both available online at asmsu.msu.edu. Thanks for subbing in as a guest, Mila.
0: Yeah, of course. MSU faced off against Duke Sunday night. A similar matchup in 1999 led to possibly the most destructive riot in the university's history. For the 20th anniversary of this event, multimedia reporter Madison O'Connor wrote a retrospective on the night's destruction. Hi Maddie. Hi. What about this riot in particular sets it apart from others?
2: Yeah, so the 1999 riot in East Lansing is definitely not the only civil disturbance we've seen. Um, I mean, every now and again, a couch will be burned in Cedar Village. But the 1999 riot was the most destructive and fiery riot in the city's history. Uh, So it brought upwards of 10,000 people to the streets of East Lansing. It led to 61 fires, eight cars burned, just complete destruction and chaos. There were 230 police officers out there in riot gear and the crowds were so intense and out of hand that they ended up using 300 canisters of tear gas. It was really nothing like
0: East Lansing had ever seen. So why did this happen then? What about the circumstances led to this level of chaos? That's actually a question that still doesn't have a full answer.
2: Uh, The easiest way to answer that is to say it was because of MSU's loss to Duke in the Final Four, but everyone I interviewed for the article said that there was just this sense that something was going to happen that night, win or lose. Uh, The 1999 riot definitely wasn't an isolated incident. There had been other civil disturbances in 1997 and 1998. And even in 99, when the Spartans made it to the Elite Eight, there was this gathering of students that kind of threatened to turn into something more. Um, So it's not totally clear what sparked it all, but once a few people joined in, it just grew bigger and bigger and bigger. And what were the impacts of the riot? Yeah, so uh, the 1999 riot definitely still impacts life in East Lansing and at MSU today. After the riot happened, both MSU and East Lansing implemented policies, which some would say were really just a reaction to the riot and not very well thought out. Uh, But those policies, while changes have been made to them, they still remain today. The 1999 riot also really impacted a lot of people's lives. Out of the 132 people arrested, 113 of them were convicted and eight MSU students were suspended. So it definitely changed the way MSU and East Lansing view civil disturbances.
0: Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me.
1: If you've been listening to Snoozecast regularly, you've heard a lot about medical marijuana dispensaries seeking approval to hit the East Lansing streets. Three finally got that from City Council last week. Our City of East Lansing reporter, Evan Jones, has followed the story pretty closely, even attending a four-hour meeting on it last week. Hey there, Evan. Hey, Claire. How are you doing?
3: Um, Doing good, how about you?
1: Good, so tell me about the dispensary approval saga.
3: So the three dispensaries that got approved, before any of them could have been approved, the city council changed the regulations and one of the biggest concerns that they're faced with is how far apart should they be. Uh, They ended up concluding that in the downtown area, dispensaries have to be a thousand feet apart, but elsewhere they can be 500 feet apart, which allows the city that just sold its property to be a dispensary be within 500 feet of another dispensary that just got approved. So there are four different dispensaries that were deferred to a meeting that will be on April 23rd uh, to be on Grand River. One of them can only get approved because of that 1,000 foot separation distance requirement. One of the regulations that also got removed was a requirement that said that they had to be 1,000 feet from a liquor store. So that meant that uh, the company that was a liquor store cannot be the only one that can seek that approval. So it's more of a competition now.
1: Uh, Why were acting president Satish Udpa and others um, against it?
3: Well, these dispensaries are also really close to campus. So like we're talking the Subway, the big old Big Ten party store, the Valvoline oil gas station that's right around there. Those are all the sites where a dispensary could be. So that causes Udpa some concern because the MSU has to enforce federal law. So if you get caught with marijuana on campus, you're subject to the federal laws, not the local ones. Uh, So his concern, his concern in particular is that international students may not have the easiest time distinguishing federal and uh, local laws. Uh, But it's not just Udpa that's concerned too. There's also April Clobes, the president of MSU FCU. Her concern is that, uh, that, it's primarily a cash economy so federal law also prevents you from using dispensaries through like banking systems so it has to be all done in cash some other residents are also concerned about the smell there's going to be a lot of dispensaries around and if they're too close together then you know it stinks up places right next to your businesses and people don't want that Um, but dispensaries are also required by city regulations to have a plan for odor controls so like. These dispensaries have to put in carbon filters. They have to make sure all their products are, you know, in sealed packaging and whatnot. So they have plans to deal with some of these concerns too.
1: And this is just medical marijuana centers for now. Um, Correct. Why is that a big deal?
3: The current regulation structure can only really be about medical dispensaries and you know the, the regulations that go with it. But the idea is also that many, if not all of these, would transition into recreational facilities because of the laws that just got passed in November. So it's it's currently like they have to be a medical dispensary. They have to like abide by like, you know, the right identifications and whatnot. But it is assumed that they will be recreational facilities in the future.
1: Thanks for the insight, Evan.
3: Anytime.
0: to this week's news. The It's On Us week of action started today with a teal out to bring awareness to sexual assault on college campuses. Other events bringing awareness to sexual assault will take place every day throughout the week. It's On Us week of action will culminate with a keynote address from author and victim rights advocate Gail Stern on Thursday. Thanks for listening to Snoozecast, where the State News takes an in-depth look into the biggest stories while bringing new perspectives from the reporters who wrote them. And now, a word from the State News Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Matt
2: Schmucker.
3: I'm Jameson Draper.
2: If you're looking for some new music to listen to, or maybe even some piping hot music takes, then check out our podcast, Music, airing every other Tuesday on the State News Podcast Network.
3: Are you obsessed with upsets, buzzer beaters, and the thrill of March Madness? Do you wake up looking to get your daily fix of all things Spartan basketball? Then check out Snooze Hoops, the State News' March Madness Breakdown Podcast, hosted by Casey Harrison and Chase Michelson, releasing every Wednesday in March.
1: You can find us on Twitter at TSNCast and at The S News, on SoundCloud at SoundCloud.com forward slash State News, and always online at statenews.com. Tune in next week for more insight into our biggest stories.